Okay, hold on. It always takes me a second to get this going here. I do it every time. And then it takes her a couple of <laughs> intros to actually get the intro. I'm going to do it right. <laughs> Welcome to the Blue Blocks podcast. A podcast... What? Sorry. Number one. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Blocks podcast, a podcast where we geek out about everything, especially Uptown Sacramento. I'm your host, Sheila. I'm your host, Sierra. And I'm your host, Jonathan. If you are new here, we record in the podcast studio inside Sector 7 Salon, and you can find the salon at Sector 7 Salon on Instagram and Sector7Salon.com. You can find us at the Blue Blocks podcast on Instagram, and you can email us at blueblockspod at gmail.com. So today we have Larry Lee, publisher of the Sacramento Observer, providing award-winning coverage of Sacramento's African-American community. Hello, Larry Lee. Hello. How's everybody doing? Doing Doing great. So glad to have you here. Glad to be here. It's good to see you guys. Yeah, you too. Thank you, Larry. Good to see anybody. I know, right? (laughs) These days? (laughs) Especially these days. But before we get deep into that, uh, what's going on on the boulevard, Sheila? This was just posted today on SNR. They reposted. Yes. So I think this was, let's see. Yes, it was posted yesterday and then it was reposted on the Del Paso Boulevard Instagram. So the Bridge Housing Corporation, which is uh, bringing affordable housing to the boulevard, which is amazing. We need so much housing around here. Right. Like and it it's seems such a big, big like a really problem. ethical company, too. Okay, very cool. So, so they have an innovative approach to housing by visiting the spotlight. Se- oh, I'm sorry. I messed it up. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so learn more about Bridge's innovative approach to housing by visiting the spotlight section of their website. Yes. And you can see the post at SAC News Review on Instagram if you guys want all the details there. And Sierra, is that the big thing that's going up on Arden or is this the... That was community housing works, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. This is so the one that's down that way. I'm thinking this one is going to be like closer to the mm-hmm. boulevard right. based on what we've been hearing. I think it's around. actually the one that's going to be going down by where the old SNR building is. Oh, right. Possibly. Perfect. Kind of more down by Stoney's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. It's going to be gorge. This photo that they posted. I don't know if this is the exact plan that they're looking mm-hmm. at, but it is beautiful yeah we need more apartments on the boulevard like so bad all right jonathan tell us what's going on over at king kong uh well yesterday we had a collaboration in oakdale california with last call brewing it's the owners are two former or two firefighters that are still actually active in being a firefighter Mm -hmm. and then they they started a brewery about i think seven between seven and ten years ago and we went down and did a collaboration beer with them oh cool uh, it was a really fun, long day, long drive. It was about three-hour drive, round trip. Like round trip. But it was all in all really good fun. And next week, we have a collaboration with um, the Pink Boots Association, and it will be a West Coast IPA with them. And it's to support female brewers in the industry yeah. and female employees in the industry as well. Right. That's cool. Is it kind of like a m- more like male-dominated? Yes. Well, I'd probably say 80% <laughs> of brewers are male. Yeah. Um, yeah but there's yeah. some badass female brewers out there oh, as well. Oh, I'm sure of it. Well, uh, and there's a lot badass of the women industry. All abouts. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila's like, let's make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we had a... 
her name is Lisa she, at the Log Off collaboration. It was her first full brew day as a cellar person. Oh, cool. Uh, and she got to go through a full brew and nice. learning the whole process. So I love it. That's really cool. Uh, we also have a couple other collaborations that we're doing. Friday, we're doing a collaboration in, I think they're Vacaville or Fairfield. Mm-hmm. It'll be um, with Solana Brewing Company. Oh, okay, cool. And then next Tuesday, we'll have, uh, we're going to be going over to Jackrabbit. Oh, yeah, and Wessock. Doing a collab there as well. Very cool. And then also, Burley's is back open. And then also, I checked out. 1837 for the second time Mm -hmm. the vegan place the pop-up larry have you checked out i did oh my god so i got like the jack the jack and mac Mm -hmm. with the jackfruit Mm -hmm. and the mac and cheese burger i Uh literally had to eat it like with a knife and fork yeah i don't want to be like i'm special (laughs) okay (laughs) pharaoh made me what he called that's the larry is what he called it what Nice. So, uh, yeah, it was, I don't even know what it was. Uh, I just know I I inhaled it. (laughs) It was crazy. It was was delicious. It's like his food is insane. Yeah. I was talking to the lady that was selling the sea moss Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how we don't even like vegan food, her and I. Like, I'm like, I never eat vegan except for his food because it's just bonkers good. Yeah. So he's, you know, his, he typically posts his hours on Instagram. Tuesday, Thursday. Tuesday, Thursday. <laughs> Larry knows. Yeah. It's just down the street from just you slightly guys, stalking. Yeah. Stalking, stalking. So slightly. Yeah, it's they were food. out there. It's worthy of it. Yeah, they were out there on Sunday, like a rare Sunday, mm-hmm. where he was like, they had like a DJ out there and then the CMOS lady. I'm blanking What is on, her name? I know. I need to look up the Instagram. Do you yeah, know? Have, did up. you have I, the CMOS? I do not know. I, it was so good. Really? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's like uh, the jelly comes from some kind of sea moss and then she mm-hmm. puts something in it and it is. I don't know. I'm not looking for vegan food, right. but that <laughs> found me. So we're good. I know <laughs> it's, it's 100%. That's totally how I am. It is probably the best vegan tacos that I've ever had. I haven't done the tacos yet. They're so good. Is it mushrooms inside? or? Do you I have... think it's mushrooms. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Well, you um, had a ja- I thought you had a jackfruit taco before. Because maybe. I've never had it. And I was like, what the hell is jackfruit? Oh, wait, no, you're right. That's what it was I'm like saying. Birria. What is jackfruit? And it was then... like meant to be like birria. Like he, free- he fried oh, it, too. Oh, right. It was cool. so good. But like when I was eating my burger, it's like jackfruit. Like it looked like pulled pork. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It literally has that. It's kind of like, I don't even know. It's so good. I had to look it up. Jackfruit's like this ginormous piece yeah. of fruit. I don't I don't know if it's that big. No, it's like really. <laughs> Is it really big? that big? I swear to God, it's like this big. I know you guys can't see me, but it's like as big. She, her arms are spread out like full yeah, wingspan. Three, four feet. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so that's yeah, just the regular happenings. Come, you know, check out the businesses. Southpaw, King Kong, doing it. All of them. Come big Idea Theater is doing some cool stuff. They really recently. are. They had a little bar set up, uh-huh. and they've been having some shows. Absolutely, y'all so, keep up on the Del Paso Boulevard yeah. Instagram, and if you guys know of anything that we're not talking about please let us know we are blueblockspod at gmail.com yes so let's get into this uh interview with larry larry lee the larry the larry okay (laughs) (laughs) so larry yes we always ask some questions some fun get to know yous okay some are normal questions some are she's really laid controversial (laughs) (laughs) just tear me up tear me up (laughs) All right, Sierra's going to start. 
right, what's the first question? The farthest you've traveled. The farthest I've traveled. I went to Hong Kong. Oh, I guess wow. that would be the farthest, yeah. Fun. Mm-hmm. Was it business or pleasure? It was, so it was a long time ago. It was pleasure. <laughs> it was high school before my senior mm. year. I was a basketball player. We had a, a group that went to uh, Hong Kong to represent the U.S. It was a boys and a girls team. Mm. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So cool. And it was fun. Actually, so s- small, f- I mean, it's not a fun fact because <laughs> there's no facts related to me with that, but related to basketball. But on the girls team was uh, Marion Jones, uh, who would eventually go on to become a world-class sprinter. Oh, wow. Uh, if you guys don't know Marion Jones, her story is, is phenomenal. She was like the face of the Olympics for the United States in the early 2000s. Oh, right. uh, She was the fastest woman on the world who eventually got in trouble for banned substances. Oh. And I, I could commentary, uh, some commentary as to why I think she did that. But she she was uh, one of the females on the team. It was girls, so I can say girls because we were, we were kid, boys and girls. Right, right. Uh, so 15, 16, 17 years old. But, oh, that's um, cool. But yeah, so that was the furthest. That's the furthest I've been at on one yeah. And for such a cool reason, too. It was awesome. cool. It, it was cool. It was really cool. So it was very enlightening. Got to wear, you know, kind of the whole Olympic, like, red, white, and blue yeah, uniforms, which is cool. really kind of oh cool. Like, you know, this is the early 90s, late, late, yeah, 1990, I think is when we went. And then was really eye-opening because it was an opportunity to, we didn't just do Hong Kong. We went to mainland China as well, too, mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of travel and see. Yeah. And it was really eye-opening uh gave me tremendous perspective because when they talk about poverty and people living literally Mm -hmm. living in shacks Mm -hmm. like a board on for the top a board for the side a board for the other side that was like what people were living in um and uh and not just you know uh, one or two people right it was like an entire village that was living like that right uh so it was very eye-opening for me in that and and another funny part about that uh, i'm i'm talking too long about this trip but, um, you know our our tour guide told us he said you know as we go into mainland china in particular he said a lot of these people have never even seen black people oh, like, wow. seriously he was like they 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 may have seen a billboard maybe they've right. seen maybe they're aware of like a right. michael jordan or maybe they're aware of like who muhammad ali was right. but most likely they've never seen one in person wow and so when we went i have a friend of mine who is to this day is one of my best friends who is very dark-skinned and i never will forget two three of us were walking down the street and these three Chinese women looked like they were maybe college age, maybe early 20s. Mm -hmm. Uh, One turns around and sees us Mm -hmm. and she taps her friend's shoulder like, you know, like, look, look, look what's behind us. And she turned and her friend turns around and her friend let out a blood curling scream. Could not believe Whoa, it. It was, really? and it was so. It was really, um, you know, eye opening to kind of see, you know, the reaction of, right. you know, us yeah, around the totally. world. So that was that was. Uh, so that's a memorable trip uh, <laughs> that I will never forget, and that's the farthest I've ever been. Well, no, I think wow. it's really cool because, like, honestly, as young people, I think a lot of times we just don't understand how big the world is, right? And to do something like that at such a young age is probably, yeah, it's so beneficial, extremely yeah, formative cool. for and, sure, mm-hmm. yeah. and to see how other cultures react to. Mm-hmm. I know that's so crazy. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah, just to see different cultures in general. A lot of us don't Mm -hmm. get to do that in a lifetime. So that's amazing. And, you know, to see basketball playing Chinese guys, like six foot, (laughs) you know, whatever. We didn't play against Yao Ming, but I swear, I swear (laughs) there was a Yao Ming guy. Isn't Yao Ming like seven something feet? Yes. Yeah, he's like seven, six. uh, Super tall. Yeah, there was, there was, I know there was a, there was a guy who was about six, eight or six, nine. Oh my uh, gosh. One of our guys dunked on him, but uh, (laughs) we'll talk about that. But anyway, that's where, that's. (laughs) the furthest I've been.
Okay, so our next question and our most controversial <laughs> is what's your favorite breakfast cereal? Mm, that's hard to do. Okay, so probably my favorite that I do like to eat, but I don't do it enough because I just don't eat cereal enough. <laughs> right, right. Is Raisin Bran Crunch. Oh, yeah. Really? Not Raisin Bran, no, but Raisin Bran Crunch. God, no. Yeah, Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran. Uh, no, could, could regular Raisin Bran, wow. never. No, never. No, Raisin Bran itself. Don't even go, sell that yeah. anywhere near me. Y'all Stop. are some just, haters. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. But Raisin Bran Crunch. Raisin Bran Crunch is yeah. fantastic. It's I superior, lo- I, I, sure. love, I love Raisin Bran Crunch. Now, in my household, there's always Honey Nut Cheerios, mm-hmm. uh, which goes over pretty well everybody in the house can eat it. i have two daughters mm. two teenage daughters mm. uh, my youngest one inhales cereal like we do. <laughs> uh, and then another one that i love that i is literally a treat is uh i think it's just o's oh that, mm, okay. yeah that's my that's my favorite one yeah. o's because it's got the little inside uh, crunchy so o's are best. fantastic the problem is like you can only eat it like once a week because it destroys tears the, your mouth the mouth yeah it destroys yeah. Yeah. And Larry, that, up. I think the reason I love it so much is because it really is hard to get soggy. Like it's hard for that yes, cereal to get it soggy. Is. It is absolutely. It holds. It and holds. that's like my biggest thing. It holds. Yeah. I think Thank this you. is the most seen Sheila has ever felt. <laughs> <laughs> <with this question. laughs> She's like, finally, Represent, representation. Matters. Someone gets it. Me. Matters. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> okay, Jonathan. Next question. Next question is, uh, what's your favorite superhero? Oh, okay. All right. So you guys, you guys have like the. I mean, you got the. The mother load of, of superhero stuff in here. Okay, so oh look at you have Thor's hammer. Uh-huh. Okay, so um, <laughs> all right, the easy answer is Black Panther. I mean, that's the easy answer, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you know, okay, you know, a good answer nonetheless. It's, but but so I love T'Challa, love love Black Panther, yeah, and love sure. love well, all that. But I'm a little bit of a, a superhero snob in that. Oh, okay. In that, okay. <laughs> This is gonna be sad. It's gonna sound terrible the way I say it, but I feel like if you're gonna be a superhero, you have to bring superpowers. Okay. Okay. So okay. So not millions of dollars. Not millions of dollars. <laughs> not billions. just smart. And T'Challa, you know, he had to take the the uh, plants to uh, right. to the vibrate to you know mm-hmm. to to become Black Panther. So so I have a little bit of a I'm a little snobbish a little bit okay. about that. So, uh, so you have rules. Yeah. Okay. I mean, just, just, I mean, you know, love. Batman and that kind of stuff, but you know, it's particularly the dark side of Batman. I love, yeah. but mm-hmm. but you know, he's just a rich dude. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Iron Man. And that right. Kind of stuff. All right. Okay. So <laughs> uh, so then, when I think about superheroes in general, uh-huh. I don't have one. But what I love is the X Men. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. The, For the, sure. the idea of disenfranchised or outsider mm-hmm. people 100. who are standing up for who they are, and so I love like X Men. Yes. Concept. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a great Killer answer because it's Mine very true. Wolverine. Yeah. Like Wolverine. Yeah, particular. Loves Wolverine. Yeah. And, I, I and, the, and that universe is so big too. It's like what we know of X Men is like, or like what I know anyway of the <laughs> movies. I don't know what you guys know, but you know, there's like just all the comic books. That whole world, there's like so many, and I do love the just the mutant part of it. You know, it's right. like you didn't mess up a science experiment and actually get gamma rays or whatever. You were right. just born this way, right? Well, I guess Wolverine wasn't though. No, he wasn't. He no. he, he actually had the. No, you're totally right. Metal. He was a mutant. Okay, you have to be a mutant, right, to be yeah. an X. I mean, not originally like very cool though. You got some chopsticks. <laughs> <laughs> they had to like adjust him a little bit. Yeah, because that is definitely not as cool. 
Yeah. They're like, I broke my bone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was bone fragments. It wasn't yeah. even. Uh, he was the original sticks. Groot. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> I appreciate that answer. <laughs> X-Men is a good, clean answer. Yeah. X-Men, like you got a little bit of something for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Okay. Next question. See you around. Your hometown. <laughs> Sacramento. Really? Yes. Born and raised. Same here. What part? Uh, so my family's home, we were in, we were in Lampart, but uh, I have to always put a butt. So grew up in the, well, I grew up in the family business and our office was in Oak Park mm-hmm. and I literally spent all of my time in Oak Park. Oh, okay, so, right. uh, you know, I, I, in, you know, I code switch pretty well going back and forth mm-hmm. between, you know, the community that I, right. that I grew up in and, and, and spent most of my time in and to the community that went, you know, where we, where our home was. And, right. And right, so, right. Yeah. so for those who don't know what code switching is, <laughs> could you define that for us? Sure. Just being able to communicate with those around you in a way that is comfortable for everybody. Mm-hmm. I guess is, is a safe way that I can explain it. For sure. Mm. What was the family business? The Observer. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, really? I grew up in, yeah, I'm a second generation publisher. Oh my God. That's yeah. so oh, cool. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so, so your family started, you said it's been around for 60 years. Yeah. November, uh, this year will be our 60th anniversary. So my dad was one of the three founders Wow. and you know, everything was with the family business. And Gosh, so, that's so cool. Yeah. So I spent all of my time, all <laughs> of my time in Oak Park with the Observer, right. McClatchy Park and, everywhere everywhere around where the office was so and did you always want to go into the family business or are we going are we finished with our with our questions <laughs> no right i was gonna say we got we got two more <laughs> I'm sorry. that's okay such that's an right. interesting story I could, I could give you more we'll dive into that soon right okay we'll so, ask all the questions right all the questions so the next question is do you collect anything you know what i so i saw that I, I, all right, so uh, back to the comic book. Mm-hmm. So I used to collect Marvel comics mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I don't know what happened to them. I think I went away to college, oh, and I think my no. parents threw them out. Oh, I'm no. pretty sure. No. I'm pretty sure. I don't want to throw blame <laughs> on, you know, but I don't know what happened to them. Yeah. Um, and and I know I had, I mean, I used to collect them, collect them. Like I had them in the oh, plastic and yeah. the cardboard the board, behind. Yeah, 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 all that stuff. Back um, and boarded. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I used to love all that. Now, uh, outside of that, I don't really collect anything i am a you ask my wife i have a problem with my old music that's on cds okay so i, I have a pro, I, I know i know i know everything is digital i know i know i know at least it's not vhs's you're right. I, I do have some VHSs, but I don't have a, I don't have a machine anymore. Right. But um, yeah, I, so I have a lot of CDs. I have like thousands of CDs. Wow. I got um, about three hundred. Yeah. Oh, They're still in my closet. You're but such I have a baby. baby. <laughs> I have a. I have, oh, that's a good. I have a binder where I took them out of the cases and put them into a binder. Oh, that's yeah. that's yeah. probably five hundred. I haven't even made a dent into uh, my, oh, my wow. actual collection. Oh my god. So, I love um, it. So I, I do have too many CDs. Uh, most, I don't know. It seems like you're collecting. CDs though. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I haven't bought one in oh, okay. 15 years, right? right? I mean, so I haven't bought a new CD. It's it's older music. No, yeah. no, no doubt about that. So it's not like I'm buying the new Doja stuff. Cat, right? Um, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, so I, I probably if there's anything, there's there's that. That's a lot. You know, I don't think I collect anything else. Well, that's okay. All right, let's that's a good that. one. This is, thousands of CDs a is, is a lot. Right. So that's when you put them in binders, are you alphabetizing them or going by genre? <laughs> 
gosh, you're good. <laughs> so I used to be really anal about that. Like my music was like categorized yes. and yada yada. It was never alphabetized, but it was always. It's so weird. It's it. There was a uh, there was a segue that went with it. So mm-hmm. like you know, it might start off with Stevie Wonder, and then it might you know turn into Marvin Gaye, and then it might turn into the Jackson Five, which might you know. So it was like or it was an organic oh, kind right, of right. progression. But now that I'm trying, now I'm just trying to get them into binders because my wife says I need to get them out of the house. <laughs> so so, You're just like, go, go, go. Yeah. So I just got to get them in. The, and I, and I, it's a project that I have to, com- that's going to take me a minute to do. Oh, but yeah. I have to do it at some point. Yeah. Right on. And the next question is when the zombie apocalypse happens, <laughs> what would be your weapon of choice and no guns? Maybe one of those ha- fat, heavy binders. <laughs> yeah, I <know> some CDs. <laughs> um, literally throwing CDs. You could be like Gambit. Carve yeah. them into like stars. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have a good answer for that. So mm-hmm. I like the idea of a spiked covered bat. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like the idea of that sounds pretty yeah. cool. Like um, walking around with it looks cool. Pretty, yeah. pretty hard to clean though. Ooh. Well, you don't want to keep it clean. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's disgusting. Right. Like you want the gore uh, on it, I think. Yeah. To let all the other zombies know yeah. that you killed some zombies. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So yeah, so I don't I don't think I have a, a, a good weapon of choice mm-hmm. what would be what's like considered a good weapon i said a metal baseball bat because it's harder to break yeah it just kind of depends mm. on yeah, what you're into what i'm your not beating is. anybody to death with a bat you don't have repressed rage well i just don't <laughs> have the inner like the stamina Sure. <laughs> like that's what i that's want why i said with spikes because you know mm-hmm. but i feel like the spikes swings. are gonna get like jammed up Ooh, what about a round saw blade like oh. connected to the bat you know because then mm. you're just slicing it's kind of right. like a sword but not really but that's why you just need to find a sword that's true where are you gonna where are you a gonna sword. find a sword yeah i was gonna say a sword oh at the antique sword? shop uh, shifts actually she has swords <laughs> a sword you just gotta find an old pawn shop right. and kill me fine i just go to an anime convention uh, yeah, nothing is good there you go nothing is good like if i really am myself in the scenario mm. If I'm like Michonne or Daryl, you know, and they're good at their weapons, then yeah, I would pick um, one of those. But you got to start I mean, training now. I should just run. Sword is not a bad. If you remember Pulp Fiction, right? He went through mm-hmm. the progression of, you know, I think he started with a bat. I think he went to the saw and right. then he was like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. There's that. There's that, that yeah. uh, ninja sword. Let me do that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So eh, I'm not mad at not mad at the sword at all. Yeah, yeah. Sword is good. <laughs> we we had somebody say like, what did somebody said like diplomacy or whatever? Because they were like <laughs> trying to talk to him. Yeah, like they were saying <laughs> like the mean... people are the problem, not the zombies. Oh, yeah. So like <laughs> yeah. somebody said that I can't remember who. And it is true though, because like you, it's like you can't. You know, it's the zombies be really you can just nice. kill, but. The the people they're like lying conniving meanies. Well, in Walking Dead anyway. Meanies. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, let's get into the business because I was already like need to know. You started to go down that road. <laughs> so really, we like to we like to hear kind of your Boulevard story. Like, what's your because you guys started in Oak Park. So like, what's your kind of Boulevard story? Are you guys here? Are you guys not here? Like, how did <laughs> how did the business begin, and what led it to be here? Yes. Gotcha. 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 All right. So the Observer is the black newspaper here in Sacramento. We've been publishing fifty nine, going on sixty years. Uh, my dad, as I mentioned, was one of the three founders of the uh, paper. All three gentlemen who started the paper uh, have now deceased. 
Lees. Uh, my dad, uh, William Lee, was my dad. Uh, John Cole and uh, Gino Gladden. They started the paper basically on the credo of the black press that nobody else would speak for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think about the Observer, I mean, think about Sacramento in the early 60s. There were two newspapers, The Union and The Bee, uh, and you didn't find much representation or presence of African-Americans in either one of those. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and so being able to tell the stories, uh, the full story of the black experience was missing. And so that's what uh, that's why they started. My dad was a grant grad. So he he grew up out here oh, in, okay. in this part of town. And mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, when he came, he went to Sac State and UC Berkeley and he came back to get into real estate. He was doing real estate at the beginning of his professional career and then uh, started the paper. And for the majority of our almost 60 years, we have been in Oak Park. Oh, okay. um, we've had a couple different offices in Oak Park. Once uh, one was on W Street on, on 21st between W and Broadway or X and Broadway, I should say, between X and Broadway. And then we were uh, on 4th Avenue for about 25 years. Oh, wow. Uh, if you're familiar with the Oak Park Brewery. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, so we were at one point that was one of our offices. To be honest, that was one of our, our distribution offices. Uh, if you're if you're familiar with Shift Coffee, not Shift, Make a Coffee. Make a Coffee, yeah, next to Oak Park Brewery. Next to Oak Park Brewery. That was another one of our offices as well, too. And then our main office was right there on 4th Avenue, uh, right across the street from Oak Park Brewery. So we were there for about 25 years then. Then we moved to Alhambra and X, which was the place where uh, St. Hope kind of first started. Mm-hmm. Right now, it it's it's where the homeless are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not that that narrows down a whole lot for Sacramento, but right. but it's they have completely occupied uh, our, our former office. Oh, no. uh, it was a 10,000 square foot facility and it was a fantastic facility. Great location. It had a real historic kind of vibe because we had a lot of photos up on the wall mm-hmm. of the uh, history of blacks in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. But we also had a lot of walls. There was probably, I think there was like 48 offices oh, wow. in that building. Yeah. So as I I was preparing for, you know, kind of what the next was going to be for the Observer. Uh, you know, I really w- was looking facility first, mm-hmm. I was trying to find a place that could accommodate what I had, had envisioned for the paper. As mm-hmm. I said, I grew up in the business, went to San Jose State uh, to go to college, came back in 1997. I've been back ever since. And so, you know, I, I knew this is what I was going to do. Okay. We just kind of had to figure out, you right. know, what does the 21st century look like for newspapers? Right. Um, and so a part of my vision was to turn the newsroom into not only just the, the, the workings of a newspaper, but, you know, a community gathering right. place. Um, the, the idea, because we were always were that, but we just didn't have a place for that. Right. Gotcha. Uh, right. Because we had, like I said, we had a big building, but, the, the you know, you could have a room with more than 15 people in it right um because it just got too cramped so you know at the time my dad was still alive so you know with his blessing he was like yeah go ahead he he all <laughs> i remember us talking about 20 years before we moved and i was like because he, we, we didn't get into it it wasn't a great loan that we had mm. for the building so uh and i remember my dad saying you know basically it's like well you know when it's that time that I won't be here. That's your decision to make. Mm -hmm. So the time came and I was like, let me make that decision. He was like, perfectly fine with that. Uh, I told him what I had envisioned, then started looking for places. um, And 
you know, first looked in Oak Park, there wasn't necessarily anything physically that was there that right. that fit that that uh, description. Then started looking out here in North Sac and decided to work with New Phase Development on the acquisition and the remodel of the old Tabor Furniture Store oh, right. uh, at 1815 mm-hmm. uh, Del Paso Boulevard. And so we've been working on getting that designed. Uh, that really, to me, is a 21st century newsroom that has everything, you know, like a studio, right. um, uh, an ability to turn from a newsroom to a gathering facility mm, uh, cool. as well that I think will be really, really cool yeah. for us, for not just us, but for the community as well, too. Oh, so, oh, absolutely. so I'm really excited about the vision of that. Mm-hmm. The challenge <laughs> is uh, we started to do this right before COVID. Oh, right. COVID hit and the construction has stalled. Right. Uh, um, okay. And so right now I will put a pin in it and say, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping for the best. Right. But preparing for the worst. Okay. Um, and so I'm hoping that we can, you know, actually do what we had planned to do. But uh, the reality is things are opening back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, my newsroom has been working really, really good virtually. However, uh, right. however, we've grown. The last, uh, we've tripled the size of our newsroom last year. Oh, wow. wow. Um, and so uh, I got people who have never met each other. Right, uh-huh. right. Trying to work together. And that's really hard to do in a newsroom when there are so many pieces that have to work together in order to produce mm-hmm. content. Are you guys strictly digital or are you still doing no. some print? No, we have a print product as well, too. So we call our, we tell our newsroom, basically, we're a digital first mm-hmm. We have a digital, we're a digital first newsroom with world-class print product, mm-hmm. right? So we redesigned our print product. In 2021, we did two major things. Rebuilt our website, and it is, uh, to me, I think it is, it's on a new platform, new CMS that is really, works really well for us. Mm-hmm. And we've learned a lot about, you know, increasing our ability to, to build audience and mm-hmm. SEO and all the stuff necessary for newspapers and newsrooms. And then we also redesigned our print product. So our mm-hmm. print product uh, was predominantly black and white even though it had color pages but predominantly black and white and this last year went to went full color went to kind of a little bit of a different size mm-hmm. uh, went with, I should have brought copies I don't yeah. know why I didn't bring copies I apologize went with a uh, now a side, sta- side saddle staple um, so it feels really good right. and looks mm-hmm. really good right. um, I'm really excited about kind of the way the presentation has turned for us for the for the print product and then subscriptions are up and distribution is up so oh, awesome. we're finding that people are are still seeking our print product right uh, there's the content is not exactly the same but it's close to what you'll see online mm-hmm. uh, versus what's in the print but you know the presentation is is, is pretty important and and we find that African Americans uh, when the content is still there they still want to get the print product Oh, okay, right. cool. That's, that's really right. awesome. Because, yeah. I mean, tying back into what you said earlier, representation matters and having yeah. something mm-hmm. like this like in their hands that they can be able to have is, I'm sure it means a lot. It does, yeah. I mean, there was a guy uh, yesterday, he came in, we had, had a picture of him and his daughter, uh, first time he and his daughter were in the paper. Aww. You know, he bought 25 copies of the paper, right? Aww, I mean, it's awesome. like, so you know, cute. So, I mean, it, it, it was online. He had seen the story right, already, right. but he was like, that didn't doesn't mean, that's not anything he can have. Yeah, he's going to collect them right. yeah, and so, give them give out to his family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I collect. Copies of the Observer. That's what yeah. I was. Gonna, that, that's what I was going to ask. Do you have? Do you have copies of? Since your dad was doing it a long time ago, we have an abs, a, 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 an obscene. <laughs> no, 
know, it's ridiculous. Uh, we literally have millions of of images, artifacts, and right. things like oh, that wow, that have okay. documented and illustrated, you know, the the black experience in Sacramento over the over our sixty years. That is one. That is so. There's, you know, I, I've got some things I need to do before. I get called home <laughs> and, and, you know, getting into a new facility, having a healthy news organization. But the, the last one on my to-do list is to uh, digitize our archives. Oh, That's awesome. a major project that we want to make sure that we yeah. do so oh, people yeah. have access what, to... 50, 60 years worth of stuff to archive. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. It's a, it's a huge project. Uh, we have flirted with trying to get it started, but it's it's uh, quite a bit to, to take on. So it's a multi-million dollar project. Right, wow. right. Um, so next. <laughs> Just like, so, so you always wanted to stay in the family business then? Or pretty much. Was, was yeah. there a time when you're like, I'm not doing it i mean so i will get i'll give my parents tremendous amount of credit for this they probably asked me i'm the youngest of three boys my two oldest brothers my oldest brother is deceased my middle brother is in the entertainment industry and uh, i was the youngest and there was a conversation that my parents and i had probably when i was about uh 18 about 18 17 18 years old and they basically you know kind of categorically asked me do you think you're gonna do this Mm -hmm. and which i'm sure was a pretty hard conversation for Mm -hmm. pretty established smart people to have a conversation with your teenage you know your youngest teenage kid like you know our future depends on whether or not you're gonna do any of this I think at that moment I've never got a chance I never got a chance to kind of ask them what was going through their mind but I'm thinking when I in retrospect I'm thinking uh, they were deciding on what their next stage in their life was gonna be and I think it was also actually before they made the investment on the last building that we had Mm -hmm. and so I think they were kind of trying to figure out what to what to do with that and so I told them yeah about 18 or so I was like yeah this is what I want to do so I went way to school and study journalism worked I was the first African-American editor of my college paper at San Jose State I was I worked at the Oregonian in Portland mm-hmm. uh, when it was a cash cow and worked alongside some really talented people that helped teach me more about what we do mm-hmm. and then this uh, and always decided to come back home so yeah. so yeah so I had always made plans on cool back. was that kind of a relief for you like being so young and already kind of having that plan for yourself I know that's kind of stressful for a lot of teenagers to be like what do I want to do until I die right mm-hmm. <laughs> um was it a relief uh or I did mean, it just kind of feel right always I mean I think so you know I I grew up in the 80s around the paper when the paper was like the newspaper it was right. like I mean we were mm-hmm. we it was really what we did was not being done anywhere so you know right. you talk there was no internet there was nowhere else where you saw what we do so I would see you know like I talked about the gentleman coming by and buying 25 papers like I would right. see that every week where people would come in and they'd say my daughter was in the paper my grandmother was in the paper my mom, mom was in the paper our business was in the paper and you know the, and they just celebrated being seen yeah. with regularity through the pages of the paper mm. and so mm-hmm. For me, I guess when you ask if it was, you know, a relief, it, it was there was a purpose. Mm-hmm. I knew there was I knew there was a purpose for what I was doing. And so so it made it easy to get up mm-hmm. and stay up all day and work all night uh, as we have and all, always uh, still do, unfortunately, at times. <laughs> but yeah, so 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 that part of me made it it was really easy for me to kind of know what I was driven to do right right I know so I love cool. that I love like family businesses like someone was just telling me like I don't know some farmer or something and <laughs> the guy that like, grows our food whatever it, or no but it was just like that was like what the job was and, yeah. and it had been in their family for like three generations yeah and it's stopping with that because none of the kids want to take it over and it's like heartbreaking to me I'm just like but why don't they feel any you know I mean it's not that I've ever had to take on any kind of responsibility 
responsibility like that. But it just, I just love businesses that just like stay in a family like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, you, 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 like you ask my brothers, my, my middle brother, you know, he's always just been driven to be in the arts and yeah. entertainment. So it's like, you know, he did the work, but he was like, uh, you know, I, 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 this is what I'm, this is what he was called to do. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm all for, you know, however it ends up happening, right. but you, you're right. I mean, I think the generational business thing is, I do know this much. I know I said to myself that this, not many people get this opportunity, right? right? You right. don't get an opportunity to continue yeah. building on something that's not just a regular kind of a business, but a mm-hmm. business that means something to people. One hundred percent. And so, so I was definitely. I felt like there was a, a like I said, there was there was a purpose uh, to what I was what I was doing, and the, and it was you know uh, it was pretty cool. And I had two daughters, but I don't. Uh, they don't seem like they have any interest in what we're doing. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but as my wife says, I, I it's been really hard for the for us to to over the last fifteen years or so and so my kids have seen me work really hard oh, right. and, you know they're like eh, I don't think I want <laughs> right. to do that dad. Um, so but I also feel like it's my job to put the pos- paper and the, the newsroom in a position that is attractive right. to someone mm-hmm. right whether it's my family or someone else can you know right. write me a check or something right, right. <laughs> we'll see so sorry no, please. I just wrote down some questions no, yes. <laughs> um, so going back to how you said that you know the 21st century for newspapers papers kind of had you making some changes are there any big changes that you've made just recently because of the covid times that you've noticed are different than the ones you've already made to get the newspaper up to 21st century standards <laughs> golly we've done so much over the last few years it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's a show in and of itself right, uh, right. or maybe even a podcast <laughs> now, um but we have done so much over the last few years so the First, most important thing is sustainability mm-hmm. uh, of the newsroom, like financially, like how do you keep the lights on? How do you yeah. pay right, people? Right. That sort right. of stuff, right? Because advertising is your lifeblood. And when print advertising is under siege, as it mm. has been, you know, it's hard to have any sort of certainty about financially, you know, where you're standing. So for me, what has happened uh, probably the most important thing that has happened to us over the last two years is a intentional focused effort on uh, using philanthropy to help fund our newsroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and so that's been really huge for us. So for instance, there's a program called Report for America. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Teach for America mm-hmm. where they place journalists in newsrooms around the country. Oh, okay. um, wow. If you uh, were recording this on a Wednesday, but on Sunday night, there was a, uh, a 60 minutes piece on it uh, oh, okay. on, on Report for America about how, uh, you know, democracy is dependent on a free and healthy press, mm-hmm. particularly in local communities mm-hmm. um, where you've, you've seen when a news, when a city loses its newsrooms, that government goes unchecked, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. financially the way they're spending or the way they're treating their, their community. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to have a healthy, a healthy newsrooms. And so this organization Report for America started placing journalists in newsrooms. And it's kind of a, it's, it's kind of hard to get these reporters into your newsroom, mm-hmm. but we've been fortunate. We were, we were this summer, we will have two. We're going to have nice. an education reporter and a data journalist as well too. And we've been able to secure funding through philanthropic dollars to help 
pay for those positions. So my education reporter, when he or she comes to the newsroom in June, that position is covered for the next three years. Oh, wow. Like I financially have already raised the funds to to keep that position uh, there. We're... We will be starting the fundraising for the data. Well, I had a proposal the other day for the, the data journalist. So we'll see if, if that's something that can happen sooner as well, too. But this helps us do the work without mm-hmm. necessarily pulling from the general budget of our newsroom. Right. right? Um, and so it helps us grow. And so I mentioned earlier that you know we tripled in size of our newsroom. Right. So that kind of creative thinking for newsrooms for for-profit newsrooms has not really been done before, but this is kind of helping us understand how to do that. Right. And so that was great. We've got a health equity reporter uh, that also, you know, part portion of their salary is supported through philanthropy as well, too. We hope to bring on a finance equity reporter as well, too, uh, this year. So those kinds of things are some of the things that we've done that would have helped us kind of be a 21st right. century newsroom. Now, that doesn't, none of that really impacts the delivery, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but what it does do, right? So it free, if it frees up my ability to do content and have reporters, then it opens up an ability for me to, to put my resources somewhere else. Right. So as I mentioned, rebuilding the website, right? So right. now we have a very, uh, what they call intuitive website that nice. responds really well to mobile devices and the mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. You know, we you know, 96%, I think the number is like 96 or 92% of our audience sees our content through their cell phones. Right. Our old site didn't wasn't very uh, oh, uh, yeah. smartphone friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to invest some dollars into that. Uh, we were able to also then take some of our other resources and bring on some senior staff. Mm-hmm. So we added uh, editor-in-chief Steve Maganini, who used to be the uh, diversity reporter for the Sacramento Bee for about 20 years, oh, 25 wow. years. He joined awesome. our team as editor in chief added uh, managing editor Angelica Obioha, mm-hmm. uh, who comes from iHeartRadio oh, yeah. uh, with the idea of us doing more multimedia awesome. uh, content. Yeah. So she's joined the uh, the squad as well, too. We're working, on, it's just every week we're working on something new right. uh, to help uh, transform us into a 21st century newsroom. Mm-hmm. But the first is, is you know, where do, where do you find ways to sustain yourself and be mm-hmm. financially solvent? And so right. uh, we are, we're healthier financially now than probably we've been over the last 15 years. Amazing. And, and it's, it is pretty amazing. It's kind of hard to believe, but yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. Right. And I, my second question is kind of kind of similar, but mostly just like your personal opinion. Um, what is your favorite change that you made since you took it out of your parents' hands? <laughs> um, favorite change so far? I guess so far would be, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... Yeah, I think the rebuilt website is is one of the really cool things. I I would almost step back and just kind of say, you know, big picture wise, it's kind of been everything. It's the fact that we are changing as an organization, Mm -hmm. which is really hard to do. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. really hard to do to take an institution. Yes, that I mean, we just be honest. I've got people who've been on our team for decades, and I'm so proud of the way that they've like embraced change, Mm -hmm. um, and are looking forward to, you know, kind of the things that we're trying to do, even though mm-hmm. they may be uncomfortable. Right. Um, <laughs> next week, we're doing a retreat. Nice. I, I'm, look, <laughs> my dad ran our business for 55 years almost. <laughs> I, he the the words retreat and it would never have come out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, we it's got work to do. It's important for morale, though. Well, but yeah, and so uh, the fact that we're even kind of you know 
going down that road. Right. And, and, you know, I've got surprises for the staff that they don't know about yet that I'm going to try and give to them during the retreat and stuff like that. But, you know, just trying to be a better news organization is uh, something that, you know, I take, I, I do take great pride in, mm-hmm. in what we've been able to do. Right. Uh, and I do say we, because it is not me. Uh, and doors open up in ways that I have absolutely no control over. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very thankful. I say oftentimes the Lord has given us both vision and provision over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's given us a vision uh, and he's given us some tools to kind of make them happen. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So how long have you been running the newspaper? So dad basically handed it off to me in 2015. Oh, okay. But, you know, I was, I was there, but, you know, at the, the, you know, before then it was, it was always his, his final, his final right. word was, <laughs> right. was final. And, and in all honesty, even, even after 15, his words still, his, his words always meant uh, the world to me. And, right. And so, but yeah, he, he, but he was, you know, after 15, he was kind of like, you know, it was just a matter of him just, he was a sounding board. He was right. like, consigliere you know mm-hmm. like hey dad what do you think about this he was like was like oh, okay that makes sense but you got to make sure you do this right you know that kind of thing right right <laughs> having that guidance can make or break it for yeah. sure yeah that's so awesome mm-hmm. so what is are you guys doing anything big in the next little while like what's next for you guys so as i mentioned this will be our 60th anniversary year mm-hmm. the first most important thing is i continue to tell my staff i, s- I said you know uh, i want us to be in a new facility by the summer right i'm hoping that's at 1815 <laughs> Del Paso Boulevard. Right. Mm. Not uh, Yes. There's a possibility that it might not be, mm-hmm. but I'm hoping that it is. Right. If it's there, that'll be like the big thing, mm-hmm. right? If that's summer and 1815 Del Paso Boulevard, doors are open, you know, starting to do kind of like the new stuff that we're planning on doing. We're going to be doing podcasts. We'll be doing events. We'll be doing videos, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So cool. Uh, so we'll be doing lots of that stuff with the new facility. But so much of that kind of depends on us having a facility. Right now, mm-hmm. we're at 1825 Del Paso Boulevard, downstairs of the new phase development building. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's where our, that's and we've been there for about four years. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it's a very small space. Right. So we can't really physically comfortably have more than two or three people in that building at a time. Right. Uh, just because, you know, of COVID and, and just trying to be safe with everyone. So, you know, getting into the new facility would be huge. Now, with that said, 60th anniversary year, we're going to be doing a lot of big things mm-hmm. to be named. But among them, we'll be doing, we'll we'll do like kind of a big gala event mm-hmm. uh, probably in 2023. We'll be doing uh, some more kind of events to kind of reconnect with the community as we open things back up. Uh, we historically have done an event called 30 Under 30, where we recognize oh. 30 people under the age of 30 oh, cool. and salute them. And so we'll be bringing that back because we haven't done that in, in a period of time. And, and it's something that that uh, the community is looking forward right. to mm-hmm. to doing again. So we'll be doing that again. And yeah, I mean, we, we've done some way we rebranded. We've done all kinds of stuff. Yes. But we're going to keep pushing. <laughs> keep that's it awesome. Pushing. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. If anyone were to want to kind of be a part of that, either with your business or helping in some philanthropic way, how would they get a hold of you? So uh, let's see. The best way is, you know, you can connect us or find us on social media. Mm -hmm. That's, uh, you know, whether it's through Twitter or or Facebook or Instagram to connect with us. Uh, Our main phone number is 916-452-4781. Yeah, those are probably the best ways. Right on. Very cool. I don't want to give out anybody, any one person's email. (laughs) Right, right. Maybe that's 
that one person. Right. <laughs> What's your Twitter and socials? Uh, everything Sack Observer. Perfect. Everything is Sack Observer. Uh, I personally am Larry Lee nine one six on Twitter. Okay. Uh, I am not on Instagram. Uh, really? As you can see, I have lots of gray hair, and I just can't. <laughs> I can't get to Instagram or t- or TikTok. But I, I, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just getting, uh, in all honesty, I've historically have been a very anti-social media person yeah. only because I have a very social, right. recognizable life. Yes. Like every, mm. Everyone knows me. Everyone has seen right. me. Everyone knows my story. Everybody tells me about, <laughs> you know, what my grandparents did or yeah. my parents <laughs> did, you know, right. which is all stuff that I love, right? It's all yeah, very, very important. Um, but, you know, I'm not one to kind of, you know, post pictures about what I ate or that right. kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, you know, I have because I've done more, a little bit more nationally the last couple of years related to media in general, and specifically the African American press. I've had a little bit more presence on Twitter. Oh, okay, cool. Than I uh, ever had before. So, awesome. right on. Well, thank you so much for all of that information. Yeah, we really banged it out, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we really did. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything that you want to like shout out, like make sure it gets onto the podcast? Couple things. Okay. Yeah. So one. Visit our website okay, um, yes. for sure, okay, yes. sackobserver.com. Okay. There you might be prompted for a couple things. One, you could sign up for our daily newsletter. Mm-hmm. So we send news to people every day through email. You can also make a donation, mm-hmm. $5, $10 a month, something like that. A recurring donation really goes a long way mm-hmm. to help support the work that we're doing, Right. Uh, which really is, and we didn't really talk much about the journalism work that we're right. doing, but we're doing some great work. Okay. In fact, what, like one particular story if I got, do I have like three minutes? Yes. Oh, you okay. got plenty of so, time. <laughs> so like one big story that we had last year was the Observer was the one that uh, uncovered the mm, ill-advised spending by the county related to their COVID response relief oh, funds right. mm-hmm. yeah. and how they how they spent it with law enforcement. Yes. Right. So that was our story. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, we, wow. Were the one that yeah. broke, we were the ones that broke that story. The Bee picked it up like four days later. Right. Um, and, you know, local news picked it up later. And, uh, you know, last week, uh, a grand jury, based off that reporting, recommended that the investigation needs to happen with the county, right? Oh, wow. So, uh, so we're doing some important work yeah, uh, absolutely. In, in the region. Um, but so donations are helpful. You mm-hmm. can also subscribe to the print product mm-hmm. if you like a print product mm-hmm. in your hand that subscription is 150 a year mm-hmm. the paper is only a dollar a week if you you can go onto the website and see some of the different locations where you can purchase the paper if you want to just purchase it over the counter uh, of course on the boulevard we're at box brothers okay. and uh and our office. Um, I don't think there's anywhere else on the boulevard. I think that's it on the boulevard where we are for sale. Yeah, I think those, I don't want to, I didn't want to forget those things. No, that's right awesome. <laughs> I know. I was just thinking like, cause you see, you know, newspapers in like coffee shops and all that. So I was like, I bet there's a place where we can go buy it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, um, Starbucks stopped uh, having newspapers. Oh, in there. Yes. right. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, there's a, there's a big challenge. There's a, there's a, there's, something afoot about uh, <laughs> black newspaper about, about newspapers in general there's there's you know it's folks want to get their content where they get it and I get it mm. and so we just want to make sure that we're there right right on yeah it's amazing very cool thank you so much Larry for Honestly, I know you're so busy. So so we really appreciate you taking the time to come into I, our little space. I appreciate having it. I love it. I think you guys are you guys are a cool crew here. I love it. Awesome. So, we try. <laughs> yeah. All righty. 
well, you can find us, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at Blue Blocks Podcast, Sector 7 Salon, and Del Paso Boulevard. Our websites are sector7salon.com, dpbpartnership.com, and make sure to keep Del Paso authentic and hashtag keep your blocks blue, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. 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 Cheers. You can say bye. Oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>